0: Come on in, sit back and relax and enjoy this episode of the Wealth Tech Today podcast. I'm your host, Craig Eskowitz, the founder and CEO of Ezra Group Consulting. Our clients are in fintech firms and enterprise wealth management, and we help them make better business and technology decisions. Check us out at EzraGroupLLC.com. This podcast features interviews, news, and analysis on the trends and best practices in the wealth management technology space. And this is our main news roundup. We've got a host of interesting stories for you, five to be precise. Uh, To go a quick overview of them, uh, InvestNet acquires Harvest Savings and Wealth. Skyence launches Advisor Transitions Tool. Snappy Kraken raises $6 million. Luma uh, Financial partners with Cannex to offer annuity data tool. Wealthfront self-driving money launch. And Ethic raises $29 million. That's going to be the roundup. But before I forget, a couple of housekeeping tasks. Be sure to subscribe to the show wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss future episodes. A quick shout out to our new sponsor, the Sebastian Strong Foundation at sebastianstrong.org. And here we go with the news roundup. This month's news roundup is InvestNet acquires Harvest Savings and Wealth Technologies. This was a really interesting announcement uh, to me because I know both firms really well. Uh, A lot of the news articles that I read were focusing on uh, one of two aspects of Harvest Wealth. And one is their um, ability to do small accounts, uh, micro savings accounts. So things like an ACORNs type of Uh, Service, where they can do roundups, microsavings, and that seemed to be a lot of the articles we're focusing on that, but I'm not going to talk about that. I'm going to talk about another aspect of Harvest Vault's uh, software, which is new account opening, and specifically around bank trusts. Now, InvestNet has a good track record in the bank trust space. They've won a fair number of deals over the years uh, in that area over other, other companies. So, they've, they've got some solid credentials in the bank trust space, but they are always looking for more, always looking for more ways to sell more products and solutions to the bank trust uh, and, and, and dig in more, uh, get more wallet share from these firms. So, the new account opening process that Harvest Wealth has, I think, is interesting because it's plugged into a lot of bank trust systems already. And from my conversations over the years with uh, CEOs Drew Seavers, uh, Harvest uh, entered into a partnership with FIS, which also purchased uh, Drew's previous firm called M Foundry, so he has a good relationship with them. And I believe they spent significant resources to build out integrations from Harvest's account onboarding and digital advice tools into FIS in the former SunGuard and their trust accounting systems, which is not a trivial task. There's a lot of work involved in opening trust accounts. It's nothing. It's much more difficult than an RIA or opening a brokerage or an agency account. So, having done all that work and plugged into one of the biggest vendors, FIS, saves a lot of effort uh, on the part of Investnet having to build out all that um, all that technology in the back end. So, you know, many banks have trouble that we're seeing uh, connecting with wealth to the trust side of their business because they usually run them totally separately. They're discrete platforms, they're different portfolio accounting systems, the trust accounting systems are much more expensive to maintain on a per account basis, but banks are forced to open agency accounts inside the trust accounting system, which drives up their costs because they want to keep everything in one place. There's no good way to see accounts spread out across different systems. So with this new account opening process that Harvest can plug in and they can bolt on top of the trust system it might make it easier for investnet to to dig in a little deeper onto the trust side uh, and provide more value there so new account opening is an interesting uh area it was it was very rare to find firms that did fully electronic new account opening you know just five years ago now everyone's got it uh, the leaders in the space would be docupace but they're also a leader in the, uh, in the document management and workflow systems so docupace uh, very well known for their technology and new account opening and um, document management, IFS, which is more on the big end, more on the broker-dealer enterprise end. They're owned by iPipeline now. Appian, which came into the market uh, more from, from the bank space and built out a wealth business, and they've closed some deals: TIA, Edward Jones, LPL. So they, they've been making waves in the in the wealth on the wealth side. But they're huge. Um, they're, they're they're better known for large banks, but that's also a competitor. And, you know, you want to control more of the advisor's workflow. So if investment is just in the back end and Appian is opening accounts, that's one less piece of the puzzle that investment owns. So if they can deploy Harvest to do the same thing, that gives them more of the wallet share of banks. You know, So the top 250 banks, from what we're seeing, they want a single solution for everything, mobile, lending, wealth management. And it seems like the technology from Harvest can do this. It can facilitate it. Uh, from what I've seen, it's API-based mobile tools that can run digital advice and services inside of the bank's mobile apps. That's something I believe is lacking on the investment platform. They don't have tools that can plug into the bank's mobile apps. And we already know banks have huge have a huge lead when it comes to mobile over the wealth side. the the top of the top ten apps on the in the app store, it's banking is a lot of them. So if you can plug into that existing app, the existing mobile app that banks have, and offer wealth, it saves a lot of effort. It it lowers the cost of of acquisition, client acquisition, and reduces the friction to opening a wealth account if it can be done from the same app. So the bank customers never need to leave their ecosystem. It's another reason why I see InvestNet buying Harvest and and wanting that, because it gives them that plug-in to the bank's apps. So they've already got the integration, you know, lots of banks have trust charters and back to the cost limitations, they want to open an agency account, they have to operate inside of the trust accounting system. And the, in the past, there weren't a lot of APIs. So Harvest has been there when the APIs are being built on the trust side and has connections to them, I believe, uh, you know, mobile, uh, as I said, mobile banking has tremendous penetration. Uh, so that's something that Harvest can provide. Uh, and they've built their APIs natively. And it's a critical component of the end investor experience that I believe that InvestNet like to capture. Uh, they wanna push more into the end investor uh, experience for their tools and technology. Another aspect of this is small account solutions. So just like on the wealth side, the banks uh, have trouble retaining deposits from lower end clients with money going to Vanguard and Fidelity, BlackRock, Schwab, et cetera. So, how do they offer a solution that could plug into the uh, Acorns-like solution, the micro savings, that they could then plug that in and offer bank customers the ability to open wealth accounts with small amounts, uh, and also small trusts. If they, if the trust accounting platform could be run cheaper, they could offer smaller minimums for trust clients and uh, give them shield shield them from taxes and, and uh, allow them better for distribution of assets to their heirs. Uh, allowing retail customers to open up small accounts with systematic deposits. You know, Banks want to make money off retail accounts. They want to convert deposits to wealth management. They see the higher revenues, the higher uh, basis points they can get on the wealth management side. So they would love to be able to do that. They just need a way to do it that's integrated into the rest of their environment. Why? Because banks also are under pressure for new sources of revenue outside of lending. As they lose deposits, they lose net interest margin on lending deals, and you know, bigger banks have other ways to make money, whether it's debit cards, uh, credit cards, but everyone else, a lot of the smaller banks might be having trouble in that they're struggling in retail banking. So, InvestNet being able to offer the solution that crosses over from the wealth management side where they've had success over to the banking side, could be another revenue stream uh, for InvestNet. Uh, let's see what else I have here in my notes uh, on this deal. So, Investnet does not have a trust accounting platform. They just interface with them, which has been good enough for, up until now. I've always wondered why Investnet didn't buy uh, existing trust accounting platform like SSNC uh, Last year bought InnoVest for $100 million, that which gave them a foothold into the trust accounting business. You know, uh, we helped Pershing back in the day, what is this, 10 years ago, when they were uh, doing the Citigroup deal, uh, connect APL to Trust 3000. To display uh, DVP, RVP data on the managed account side, that way advisors could see everything in one place. But it wasn't a trust solution, it was just an interface to pull the trust data from Trust3000 into APL, that way the client, the advisors could see it in one place. But if you owned both systems, you own the agency managed account portfolio accounting system, and you own the trust system, that would give you a lot more power. But apparently investment isn't doing it at the moment. So they're not going up head-to-head with Firms like SCI or FIS—they're just being an integration partner with them, and um, that's about it. So that's that's my take on this deal. I, I see it as, as a big win for Investnet. Uh, I'm looking for them to do a lot more integration, a lot more building out of their trust ecosystem, especially with their trust exchange, which they just announced. That could all that will offer services and connection to. Uh, Resources for advisors that don't maybe don't have the, the trust uh, experience inside their firm. So the trust exchange will give access to lawyers and estate planners and other tools for uh, advisors who can then uh, access that and hopefully at a at a discount and at scale. They can then plug in their new acquisition of Apprise Labs, which own which provides estate planning tools. And then finally plug it into the Harvest Wealth New Account opening. And you've got a nice little ecosystem on the trust side for investing. So I'm looking to see what comes from that. And this is where, this is my take on this particular deal. Our next story is Snappy Kraken raises $6 million. Snappy Kraken is an automated growth program for financial advisors. closed the $6 million Series A financing round led by Fintop Capital. The round was joined by Flyover Capital and 1248 Holdings, both of which participated previously in a 2019 seed round. We like Snappy Kraken here at Ezra Group. Great company, innovative, really killing it in the uh, automated marketing space for financial advisors. Uh, According to their press release, they've hit 3,000 advisors as clients, which is tremendous growth for a firm in a very crowded space. Not only is the financial advisor marketing space crowded, but just the MarTech space is hugely crowded. I think I saw a map of icons for MarTech firms, and there were seriously 3,000 icons on this one page. So that's how many different marketing technology companies are out there. So to get some traction, to get recognition, is very difficult. And Stanley Kraken and their CEO, Robert Sophia, have managed to do that. Uh, they've got a great board, uh, Marty Bicknell from their Wealth Advisors, Aaron Klein from Riskalyze, both on the board. And uh, i sure that helps out. It helps them with direction, with strategy. And they're raising money to serve advisors better, build up their software platform, which we think is unique. We've done a, a fair amount of research at, here at Ezra Group in our research group, research division, uh, on the marketing automation sector. And Stanford Kraken usually comes out ahead with things like their multi-step campaigns organized by goals, uh, online advertising, their campaigns, uh, dedicated marketing coach. Their territory exclusivity was a unique feature, which I know some people thought was silly, uh, but it has turned out to be very good for business and has created some scarcity in their product for advisors who who will call and fight to get their territory because once they sell it, they're not selling it again. So, uh, the advisors we speak to, they really like the the, the snappy cracking campaigns and how it is a uh, you know, multi-level, multi uh, omni-channel uh, automatic or an omni-channel package of content that is built and handed to you. Uh, so it's easy. It's it's the easy button for for marketing, and the software does a great job of automating it and tracking it. Uh, they've got a lot of statistics. If you go into their website, snappycracking.com, I love the new website, by the way, guys. It really looks great. Um, it's, a, it's it's unique, well, and that that's what it takes when you're a marketing for You better have a unique-looking uh, website that uh, draws you in. So you know, we've always uh, liked their technology. All the demos we've gotten, we've always, we've always been impressed with how the technology works and how it's coordinated across social media and email and other content, and it's just plug and play. Uh, really good stuff. You know, and looking at some of the statistics, one of the things that advisors continue to struggle with is marketing. I think at least 40% of advisors report they can't find the time, they can't find the right people, they have trouble developing a digital marketing strategy, and when they do, they have trouble, evaluate, yeah, they have trouble evaluating the marketing ROI. So handing it over to Snappy Kraken it's one stop. Everything gets done for them. It's It's the easy button, and advisors seem to love it. I know. I believe that they're looking to, uh, you know, to expand. Their what um, interesting. Another interesting part of this story is they believe their annual revenue could range from six million to sixteen million, which again is, is a great increase from where they were. And given a multiple of six to nine times earnings uh, or revenue, they their latest funding round values the firm between roughly $34 hundred and forty five million. Nice. Congrats to Rob, uh, Sophia, and the Snappy Kraken team on this and uh, can't wait to see what they've got coming up next. Hey, it's Craig. I want to take a quick break from this episode to uh, give a quick shout out to our sponsor. Sebastian Strong is a 501c3 nonprofit whose goal is to raise awareness about childhood cancer and fund research for less toxic, more targeted treatments and cures. The charity was founded in 2017 by the parents of 16-year-old Sebastian Ortiz, after he lost his year-long battle with a rare form of childhood sarcoma. Sebastian Strong focuses on funding innovative research that has the potential to revolutionize cancer treatment for children. Cancer is the number one cause of death by disease among children, yet less than 4% of the National Cancer Institute's budget is allocated to childhood cancer. Sebastian Strong has partnered with leading cancer research institutions around the country and actively collaborates with other childhood cancer foundations that support their one key belief that kids deserve better, better treatments, better outcomes, and better lives. Please help the Sebastian Strong Foundation to continue their mission by making a donation, spreading the word about beating childhood cancer, or getting involved. You can do that by visiting their website at sebastianstrong.org. That's Sebastian, S-E-B. A S T I A N S T R O N G dot O R G. You can also follow them on Instagram and Twitter at Sebs Strong, that's S E B S S T R O N G, or on Facebook at Sebastian Strong. Next up is Skyence launches advisor transitions tool. We talked about Skyence uh, last month's news, an up and coming platform now branded as a wealth management platform. We always thought of them as a new account opening product, but they have since expanded their software offerings. Fast and furious, they're building out their team and building out their technology at quite a pace. I remember seeing them a couple of years ago, and they were just in the account opening process sitting on top of Salesforce. They've certainly built out a lot of tech since then. This is their latest uh, product in a stream of new products, transition tools. So this is designed to uh, move a book of business over from another broker dealer or RIA for onboarding advisors. Really helpful, Uh, automates a lot of manual processes. Most broker dealers and RIAs do this manually using spreadsheets, passed back and forth to pull data in, relatively inefficient, could take weeks or months to move the data, especially for larger books of business. So this software does have a lot of runway uh, to help firms scale, especially larger ones. There are a number of competitors in the space. So uh, Skyns is, certainly so, I'm not the first to offer this software. Uh, a company called Truelytics. If you haven't, haven't heard of them, you should look them up. Uh, T-R-U-E-L-Y-T-I-C-S. They uh, offer recruiting, succession planning, practice management, and business valuation. Really interesting way they do that. Uh, and they have advisor transition software. And the leader in this space would be DocuPace. We should take a look at them. Uh, DocuPace with advisor transitions as well as a new account opening workflow and document management. So Sky, it's not the first, obviously, but they're they're playing catch up. They would want to get into this in this market. They see it as, as being lucrative uh, as more and more broker dealers and all large RIAs are looking to scale better, looking to uh, improve efficiency, uh, cut some of the manual processes The use cases are very valuable. When we do our evaluations of broker-dealers or our large RIAs, the the use cases involving new account opening and and onboarding, uh, advisor transitions is always a relatively high use case, especially for the firms that are growing quickly since they're usually pulling advisors from other firms. So having some automation around the uh, onboarding of advisors uh, or advisor transitions or repapering of clients is important and also so broker deals are especially hybrid RIAs, where you may have to enter your data into two systems, which could become a, a big issue. Uh, of course, it's got to be integrated with whatever your signing technology, e-sign technology, which is usually DocuSign, um, bulking up the custodial paperwork and contract creation for the business. One of the nice things about Skyence is they are built on top of Salesforce. So enterprise firms mostly use Salesforce, which is a nice um, thing for Skyence to have. And they're also integrated to the to the CRM very tightly, which is important for the advisor transitions because they can move the data easily into Salesforce because they're already into the database. They don't have to do an import or export of data. They're already there. That that helps uh, a bit. Uh, let's see, I said they're behind the curve a bit. Uh, they're launching this product soon. It's in uh, white label. It's in the open pilot in April. It's still April. So the Skyence advisor transition product is still in open pilot as far as we know. hopefully to be launched soon. Skynes wants to license the platform to broker-dealers and custodians. makes a lot of sense. Uh, Although we do know that uh, broker-dealers and custodians have a lot of manual processes around this, but they may see it as a a companion tool, not a replacement. So they may still want to have their dedicated transition teams, as every broker-dealer does and every uh, RA custodian has it where they help uh, the advisors move over, helping paperwork, transferring registration, tech support, um, any kind of bugs or, or, or glitches in the account moving, they have people to do the work. And even if it's software, the software isn't automated totally, you still need people to run the software. The advisor transition software needs a person to run it. Although it should, in theory, be way fewer people than a dedicated transition team at a broker dealer, as an example. Uh, so again, the built now they they have said at uh, Skyns that this particular technology is not Salesforce specific. It's CRM agnostic, as Mark Butler, the new president, has said. Although, who are we kidding? They live in Salesforce. That's their their key, their main system. That's going to be the first offering and the primary offering. Um, why someone would use it in another CRM, I don't know. Unless without that tight integration, you're losing a lot of benefit. But this seems like a great product I love to, looking forward to seeing it launched on the market okay i've been giving the sign the cut sign that i need to wrap this up so i'm going to go run through three more stories really quickly i just wanted to squeeze them in on this news roundup so first ethic raises 29 million dollars what is ethic ethic is a direct indexing esg platform sma manager um asset management platform for financial advisors to build custom portfolios for clients they raised a $29 million series B rounding uh sorry series series B round of funding bringing to a total of more more than $48 million in valuing the company at 139 million ESG is hot uh global ESG inflows shot up 88% in the fourth quarter of 2020 to 150 billion again it's global assets not not the US so Got to you know temper that number with just looking at U.S. assets. Uh, there's a lot of a number of other players in this space, including Orion, OpenInvest, JustInvest, Just Invest, and uh, uh, Canvas, which manages a billion dollars. So it's not uh, definitely getting more crowded, uh, and the technology uh, is expanding. I know Investnet also has some DI, whether they have algorithmic DI tools that they're offering through their PMC platform. So lots of options here and really investors or advisors are swamped with uh, choices. They can uh, leverage their tech platforms, whether it's Tamarack, uh, Black Diamond, Orion, Morningstar, or, or something else, and, and access different asset managers, including ESG managers of all different shapes and sizes. Uh, again, Tamarack uh, and the investment owned PMC, their own asset manager. Uh, and they're at TAMP. Uh, Black Diamond uh, partners with SmartX which is a UMA rebalancing and trading platform. Orion owns FTJ and Brinker, and they've also got their own direct indexing product. Morningstar does does not have a direct indexing product yet, but they have a model marketplace, so they can certainly launch some sort of direct indexing uh, solution as well. So lots of ways for advisors to get direct indexing. I'm sure there's plenty of room for Ethic to continue to grow, even with all of the... Competitors just because of the size of the RAA space—it's just tremendous when you've got uh, you know, 17,000 SEC-registered RIAs out there, lots of money sloshing around that these guys can try to pick up. Uh, you know, these. So, um, what's another quote here? The research has shown 42% of advisors expect to increase their use of the SG in the next two years. That'll be good. I, I would believe that number seems pretty reasonable. Uh, the one thing I think is might be an issue, Ethic charges clients between 28 bips and 35 bips for its fund. That seems high for a direct indexing fund rather than an actively managed uh, SMA. So I would look for that number to get a little pressured as more competitors come out to the space and offer more solutions. But hopefully they'll be able to keep going and, uh, and make their investors uh, give them a good return. The next story, let me just close out my Ethic. Uh, Windows here, is Wealthfront Self-Driving Money Launch. As we all know Wealthfront, the, one of the original robo-advisors, uh, and they have been in a battle to be relevant, really, uh, and be more than just an online RIA, uh, which they have been trying very hard to do, and the self-driving money could be it. Uh, Wealthfront did launch their own banking. They realized they needed to get into that space, and they they have a cash account, so they're looking to offer this self-driving money, where basically, if you have money, you have enough cash to put in a couple different accounts. You can move it around automatically. It'll you know you have your uh, direct deposit, which all of these companies are just dying for. Getting direct deposit is like the 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 uh, the golden or the brass ring of a lot of these robo bank uh, and challenger banks. Because once you get direct deposit, you own the client. It's hard to switch. And there's a lot of inertia for for clients to switch their their direct deposits once you have that you pretty much have the client for a long time or most uh, it's much much lower churn on clients that have direct deposit so once you get direct deposit into your wealth front cash account you can set up some sort of automated uh, money movement every month to cover your bills to cover spending to, to put a little bit into an emergency fund to move some to long-term investing they have a cash sweep designed to move money over a certain amounts in different accounts around, never from savings to checking, or checking to savings, or savings to investing. It all could work well again, if you've got enough money. And we all know that most Americans don't. They can't even afford a $400 expense, emergency expense. So a lot of uh, Americans are living paycheck to paycheck. So I'm not sure how many people will want to use this or understand how it works and understand the value of moving money around like this. But hopefully, the it's a lot of education. Hopefully, Wealth Fund's got the education part covered. And we'll be able to slowly but slowly build up the number of uh, clients who are using this and accessing it and it makes it stickier it makes wealthfront stickier it's a unique service i know betterment has some sort of sweep function but it's not as complex as this not as as functional as this Uh, i mean this seems cool to me but uh, i'd like to see what the uptake is if enough wealthfront customers actually use it to make it worthwhile third story Luma partners with Canex to offer annuity data tool. Well, that's a complicated storyline. Hold on, let me get this stuff closed here. And what is Luma? Luma is a, a platform. It started out as a structured note platform for advisors to purchase structured notes uh, and structured their providers to offer them in, in a sort of a marketplace. There's a number of these online marketplaces. Uh, Luma is one. It's Luma Financial, uh, L-U-M-A. Another one is Halo Investing, H A L O, and the third one is Simon, just Simon, Simon.io, and they all offer structured investments, uh, things like you know buffered ETFs, other very complex solutions which some you know, most broker dealers won't touch, but some advisors see it as a big advantage for them, especially with higher net worth clients, and these platforms allow advisors to get in on some things that they were having to buy through middlemen. So now they give a direct access to the marketplace and these platforms have really taken off. And Luma is now offering annuities, which they hadn't offered before, although their competitors did, I believe, I believe um, Halo and Simon both offer annuities, although Halo says new. So that might just be a recent addition, but now all three, I guess Luma felt the the pressure to offer annuities as well. And we are seeing, I know my firm and uh, Ezra Group, we're seeing interest from firms in launching new annuities products, but mainly tech-based annuities, either annuities that are built into something, annuities that are wrapped in something, uh, technology that can offer more advice to clients about what annuities they should buy and how they can improve their use of annuities. Getting a lot of feedback on that, a lot of a lot of uh, 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 input from firms asking us for help. So we're seeing a lot of this uh, coming on the pike and these, these marketplaces, I think, are going to get a lot of uptake as more advisors start getting into annuities. The the InvestNet uh, insurance exchange is really pushing uh, the ability for advisors to look across different annuity providers and make decisions inside a platform and never having to leave. So that's giving more advisors the understanding of how to do this. Uh, Firms like DPL and RetireOne offering advisors who don't have insurance uh, licenses the ability to buy insurance. So Lots of different ways for advisors to get into the insurance market. It's really expanding well, and we're seeing a lot of movement there. It's Craig again. That's the end of our May News Roundup. It was difficult to pick the five stories that I covered, but I thought these were a good mix and gave you a good idea of what was going on in the industry over the past month. We'll have more again next month. If you have any ideas for stories you'd like us to cover, please shoot me an email or reach out to me on Twitter or other, or LinkedIn. And before we go, please remember to go to our website, ezragoopllc.com and subscribe to our newsletter. You will get every month, a roundup of industry content, stories, ideas, recommendations from me and the team, and you will enjoy it. You won't be disappointed. And until next time, see you all soon.